Sports Daily, every Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. On the phone line with us, we have uh, Johan Tomalin to help break down uh, what he saw this past weekend. Johan, good morning. Good morning, guys. Don't forget the Blitz box as well. They also had a capital D, but oh. Against, ooh, ooh, ooh. Also, Fiji showed us weekend, uh, flames this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was a poor weekend for South African Yo. sports in general. Uh, but hopefully the Springboks can pull it back in a week's time. Yeah, hopefully. I, I said to Ito earlier on, the, the Springboks, to me, I made the, the, the boxing analogy. They feel like a boxer who starts slow, you know, who's downloading information in the first rounds and then kind of cracks on in the middle to late rounds. Uh, what, is, what do you think has cultivated that culture? Because it's not the first time we've gone into a series, they've lost one and then been good in the second and or third, uh, in, in not necessarily that order. Yeah, I actually saw some comments of Jogging over the coach, which said, who said that, uh, yeah, remember against the British and Irish Lions, we lost the first test, uh, and then we also proved in the World Cup when we lost the, fir- uh, the first game against New Zealand or the second one that we still won the World Cup. So it's hard to say exactly why that happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. We did lose 19-16 against the best side in the world in Dublin. So, yes, we did have our chances. We should have won. I totally agree with that. But I don't think we didn't lose with 10 or 15 points. So definitely we can rectify what there is. But it's, it's hard to say why the slow start and why exactly. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's the first game and they're not gelling. And I'm not quite sure. But the conditions and the, the challenge that was up for them in the Aviva Stadium was quite a big one. Uh, I actually think that Ireland didn't really play that well either. So basically I'd say, if I have to sum it up, that the side that made the less mistakes actually won the game. Mm. I mean, you talk about the combinations not gelling. Which combination for you was a massive disappointment on the day? Well, I still think we're trying to uh, get a, a fly-off, a number 10 that's really taking charge in the absence of, say, we have a lot of injuries in that position. That's one of my biggest concerns. Andre Pollard's injured. Alton Yankees is not getting picked because of other reasons. Franz Stein was injured. Uh, and then Damien Willems, he has showed potential. But then uh, we touch on the other thing, which is the place kicking from a 10, which uh, is a bit of a big problem for South Africa at this stage, especially if we look at test rugby. Um, it's much more important in test, test rugby, I think, to even to kick your, your goal kicks than it is in, say, provincial or URC games. So, yeah, that's a big one of the things I'd say. And then also the the, the forwards, in a way, I think that, we do drive, we do more, that's one of our strengths, but when that doesn't work, it doesn't seem like we have another plan because Ireland countered us quite well uh, with our driving malls and things like that. Yeah, one-trick pony sometimes uh, are Team South African, and that's the issue. So the kicking is a, is a, is a big issue. Do we, do we have a, a 10 problem in the country? Like, is it just a selection issue? Are they genuinely, when you look at the lay of the land in the Curry Cup or possibly even the URC, you're not seeing tens who can step up to the plate, John? No, I definitely think we do have potential. Uh, we have a lot of young players. The only problem is, like, before the World Cup, where we only have a few months and a few games left, and not a, a lot of those players have had exposure. If you look at Marnie Libel, Sasha Ngumenzulu, I mean, exposure on a higher level, Jaden Hendricks. Uh, we've got a lot of young guys that played inside in the 18, inside in the 20, that uh, can play there. But with, like I mentioned, the names I mentioned, Andre Pollard, Alton Yankees, Franz Stein, those guys not there. Suddenly we are a bit in trouble, I think. Although I think that Marnie Libel, uh, Damien Willems, excuse me, is, could be a possible thing. His general play is good enough 
but it seems like the place kicking is the issue. Yeah, that place kicking ultimately uh, costing South Africa dearly. Missed out on seven points, yeah, with the boots. It was insane. Um, all right, let's just talk about the referee here. A lot of people had a yeah. lot to say about the referee, contentious or not. What was your position on how he refed that game? Uh, some people say good, others say not so much. Where do you where do you sit? Definitely not so much. If uh, these days, I actually feel for the refs in a way. Uh, I don't want to be a ref, but when you go on social media, you can see all the video clips analyzing his mistakes. Uh, but I think that Mr. Nika Amashikeli from Georgia certainly didn't have uh, his best game uh, at test level. Uh, there were a few decisions, especially with the tries of Ireland. Both tries, there might have been a knock-on in the lead-up to the try, which they actually scored. And in my opinion, you can just go to the t television match official, ask him to have a look. And if they see it, if it's forward, it's forward. And if it's not, it's not. But I really think that there are some crucial mistakes. Uh, as a Springbok supporter, I think we should uh, be very careful of blaming the ref for uh, the loss because we did, we did um, make a lot of mistakes and we had a lot of chances, but he was certainly not on par. And then there was also at the scrums where Stephen Kutsoff was penalized a few times where even the commentators were like, they don't really understand why he's penalized because it seems like it was the Irish player that made the mistake. So, yeah, I definitely think it wasn't his best game. And I also see that Rassi Rasmus already uh, shared a little video on Twitter yesterday as we have become, become accustomed to. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. We just hope the outcome there and of that video isn't the same as it was the last time <laughs> he shared a little video. No, luckily, it's not a, it's not a big, long video, uh, right. just one clip. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so let's talk about, I mean, ball in hand, right? That's, that's where ultimately I feel like sometimes teammates they get it wrong. There was a moment there where South Africa... We're chasing the points. Um, they had just scored the try, missed the conversion. Faf de Klaak gets the catch, yeah, from the kickoff. And then he kicks it straight back, you know? It's, it's, it's moments like that that baffle me, when clearly there's an opportunity for you to build out from the back, possibly in phases, get yourself up to the front. There is an over-reliance on what we've become accustomed to, right? The A plan, and very little plan B, and, and that's what concerns me most about the Springboks. So what did you make of them on the front foot, ball in hand, uh, throughout that game? Yeah, I totally agree with you. The plan B is, uh, that's definitely our, our biggest problem. Because like you said, we've got three minutes left on the clock, you're chasing the game, and then you kick up and unders, which you actually give the ball away. And yeah, maybe, you know, getting a plan B. I, I saw some glimpses during the rugby championship where I think that we did show that we can play with the ball in hand. I actually think our attacking game has been improving um, the thing is, one of the biggest things in sport, not just in rugby, is that you need to adapt to the circumstances on the field, to the scoreboard, to the place you're on the field. And there I think we can definitely still improve. But now that, that's the blueprint that did win us the World Cup in 2019. Um, even then when we won the World Cup, a lot of people were like, they don't like the style we're playing, the kind of kicking, uh, mauling with the forwards. That is more tight World Cup kind of rugby that we do play. And it seems like we're sticking to it no matter what. But it does. it is frustrating to, to look at and to watch. Uh, I remember the game, the semi-final against Wales in the 2019 World Cup, which we almost lost. We all know that in the final, we were quite comfortable victors there. But even in that semi-final against Wales, I thought, guys, can you just try something else? We're going to lose this match. Uh, and eventually we did win it. Uh, it wasn't... It was quite close, but I totally agree with you. The plan B, doing something else when our plan A doesn't work, that is something that we can definitely look at. Mm. It's, it, I like the fact that you, you mentioned the plans that we have, but also I wanted to ask, 
and you also spoke about adapting to the conditions that you that you're exposed to on the field of play. It depends on what happens on the day. But is there a way in which we can train somewhat our, our decision making from our players? How do we better the decision making that our players have? Well, I think the main thing is they've been trained too much into a plan because I think a lot of our players, they actually have the natural ability to make decisions on the field. And some of them actually do that while playing club rugby all over the world. If I think of one player, it's Cheslin Corby. When he plays for Toulon in France, I mean, they give him free reign. He does whatever he wants. But now he gets to the box. Now he's the guy that's, that's kicking up and under. And I mean, I don't think that's his natural game. Yeah. That's one of the, the plans of the team. And he kind of gets forced to do that. So um, I, I think our players are good enough. They're talented. They have the vision to play a, a player like Damien Willems is another example who he, he sees what he plays on the field and that's when he's at his best. But I think they might have been too drilled into the game plan, which is kick, give position to the other team, try and get a turnover, get a penalty. But now we do get the penalty, but we can't kick for goal because we don't have a reliable kicker. So that's part of the plan that's not working. Yeah, to some extent, a victim of our own success here as it pertains to that playing style. It's worked so well. World Club, World Cup glory and now uh, let's just keep doing it. Um, um, Alright, so France comes up next. Oh, m- maybe before we get into France, uh, we, we can't ignore Alton Yankees. Yeah, he was left out of the squad. Uh, they said a lack of game time. Would you have had him in that team? I mean, obviously, hindsight yeah, is, is the most important vision, but what are your thoughts about his exclusion? And, and now, given that France is next, we know what we saw with the boots. Does he have to be part of that team now? Well, I think that the things that happened off the field, uh, I know there were a lot of rumors, a lot of stuff was written about his personal life. Uh, I think it was probably a better thing to give him a break to kind of try and sort those things out, whether they were true or not. Um, so we would have probably needed him in the team, yes, I totally agree. Uh, but if it was the best decision to include him, remember he played one game, uh, it was where he didn't really play club rugby before that, even before all the things off the field, and he didn't have a very good game. And then they said he didn't have a good game because he didn't play a lot of club rugby. So there, might, there, there are some reasoning in that, the, the fact that if you're not playing for a club, a province, then if you just come into the box, I mean, how are you going to adapt because the level of rugby is quite high? But if you've been playing like you are see all the time each week, then I think it's a bit easier so to try and play him against France, I think, is a bit of a long shot. But then the problem is we don't really have anybody else to consider at this moment because France stays injured, um, Andre Pollard injured. The other guys in the squad is obviously Marnie Lebok and Sasha Ngomenzulu, but both of them haven't even made their debuts for South Africa. So I think the plan would have been to maybe play them. I know that the South African A-team also gets announced uh, later today because the A-team is playing against Munster, on Thursday, which is a good thing to beat the, or give the young guys a, a, a chance. So I think some of those young guys will definitely play there. And I think the plan would have been to play some of the, them against Italy because it's a less intense game than Ireland, France, or England. But now you have the problem, you need to win against France. And are you going to make a big decision by, for instance, picking a flyer who you think is a better place kicker like Moni Lubbock? I don't know if you want to take that chance. Mm. Yeah, so many decisions to be made. What are you expecting here of France? Well, to, to be honest, I think it's not all doom and gloom. We lost 19-16, like I said, against Ireland. And France, to be honest, I really thought that they will easily beat the Wallabies, which they didn't. So um, maybe France is also not at their best yet. So if you can rectify a few of the errors we made, 
um, take our chances better. I actually think we are in with a chance. And something that's also in our favor is the fact that we're not playing at the home of Friends Rugby, which is the Stade Francais in, in Paris. We're actually playing in Marseille. Um, and they've been accustomed to playing all their games at that uh, big stadium in, in Paris. So maybe that could also count in our favor, although they will have their home support. But I think if we can rectify a few things, we're actually still in with a chance. It's not, you know, not like France will just beat us. Absolutely, Johan. Listen, thank you so much for coming on. I guess we see, yeah? There's always a response from the Springbok side, and hopefully we see that come this weekend. We appreciate your time. Definitely. We're, we're all hoping for that. <laughs> all right. Cheerio. That's uh, Johan Tomalin there on the phone line with us. Yeah, the Springboks are deep for disappointing. So were the Blitzboks. And yeah, those pro tiers. Yeah, cheese Louise. All right, so we have to have that conversation. Sports Daily, every Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m.